Welcome to the Mental Dietitian Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Lynch-Potter, just a guy who's trying to live a great life and learn the best way to live it. This show is for the everyday human being that feels exactly how I feel, and every week I'll be bringing you weekly episodes on how to get better mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, and financially, so you can have a great mental diet. Welcome to episode 49 of the Mental Dietitian Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Lynch-Potter, and today's episode is something that is very um, relatable to me, and I'm going to talk about people that always think they're right. <clears throat> and uh, if you're wondering how that applies to me, I am a recovering person that always needs to be right at all times. And I was really thinking and I was researching this. I was watching a few videos before I did this podcast and I was thinking about, okay, what is behind someone who always needs to be right? And I was doing all this research, right? And I was reading all these different articles and there was so many different conflicting things. There were so many different things that people were talking about. And I just stopped for a second, which all of us can do. And I invite all you guys to do. And I've talked about it a lot is rather than researching and doing all this stuff, what do you think? Especially when it's something that you have to do in a decision that revolves around you. What do you think? So I sat there and I really spent time with myself and I was like, why did you always need to be right, Aaron? And it still happens now. For example, last night, it usually happens in relationships a lot. So last night, I don't even know how this happened. It was between Lexi and I and, oh, we washed all the sheets and like the blankets and everything. And <laughs> we couldn't find her pillowcase. And I took everything out of the washing machine and it was all there. And I was like, it's not here. She's like, well, it's got to be there. We washed it. I was like, it's not here. Well, it's got to be there. She, we washed it. And I looked in the thing. I looked in the laundry and I looked in the dry and it wasn't there. And then this turned into somehow I started being like, it's not there in a rude tone. And I, I basically took it as, well, you're an idiot. You can't see if it's there. So I'm going to go have to look myself, which in reality, Lexi just knew that she washed it and she was confused about where it was. And then we went to bed. It's just like we were both trying to have to try and explain ourselves of why we were right in that situation, how we dealt with it, when we both didn't speak to each other in a very nice tone of voice. And it's and it's funny how people do this, especially in relationships. It's like we have to be right. We have to we have to always be right. Like if somebody for me, for example, I really got deep with myself. I was like, well, what would it mean if I was wrong? And the voice that came over and the voice that really hit me was like, well, if you're wrong, it means there's something wrong with you. And I was like, well, psychologically, that can make sense about maybe why I always wanted to be right all the time. Because if I was wrong, it means that I'm there's something wrong with me, that I'm not enough. Again, talking about the biggest pandemic out there, it is not enoughness, in my opinion. It is the thing that really is affecting a lot of people in some version of it, some way. And I was like, holy shit, dude. Like, I remember at family dinners at Christmas time, people would talk about things and people would mention their opinions about things. And what I would do 
is I would share my opinion about things and talk about what I think. And if somebody disagreed with you, I would then argue it to the nth degree. Because if I was wrong, there's something wrong with me. I would personalize it. Quickly going back to relationships, I heard this quote once and I thought it, it's something that I could really live by and I really encourage you to consider it, especially in a romantic relationship or even with a with a friend. If it's something small, it's not going to affect anything. There's a saying that says, it's more important to be unified than it is to be right. It's more important to be unified in a relationship, a marriage, a friendship, or whatever it may be, than it is to be right. Our egos love being right. It feels good, especially when somebody's like, yeah, I was wrong. You were right. Your ego's like, oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> fuck yeah, say it again. What was that? What was that? You were wrong and I'm right. That means I'm better than you. <laughs> but I found in a relationship, I've been in a relationship for almost eight years now, if that situation happens where Lexi's like, yeah, I was wrong and you were right, I don't win. I'm not winning anything. In fact, if you win an argument with somebody, you haven't won anything. You've probably damaged the relationship, especially if you're being a real asshole about it. So what have you won? Absolutely nothing. You started to erode the trust and the, the bedrock of the relationship by you wanting to be right so bad as an effort to prove that there's something that's, there's nothing wrong with you. And a, a lot of my research, I was finding that people that need to be right all the time, a lot of them are very fearful. A lot of them have anxiety, but then there was different examples in my research where somebody might have to be right with their spouse, but if their boss says something to them, they will not argue it. That's very interesting. I was like, that's so true that people do that in certain situations and certain dynamics. This podcast is really about relationships, especially your romantic relationships with your wife, your husband, whoever it may be, and even maybe your kids, or just like close relationships with family and friends. Because I understand at the workplace, if somebody who is in a higher powerful position in the hierarchy or the structure of wherever you work, there's other psychological factors that go on with that, which is like, well, if I argue with this person, tell them they're wrong, I could risk my job, which is a form of psychological slavery. And if you have a workplace like that, that's not good. You should work in a place where you can go up and down the chain of command and be like, hey, Bob, I know you're the CEO of the company, but what you I just wanted to bring this up to you in a way where here's what I thought about what you said before. What are your thoughts on that? And if somebody has such a fragile ego that they can't, here's the thing. Most CEOs, you could probably tell them that they're wrong and they want to know if they're wrong because it affects their company, which they probably spent decades building. Some CEOs, though, have giant egos and won't let anybody who they think is below them tell them something that they might be wrong. Where I work, the guy that I work for, he's always asking everybody, hey, what are your thoughts about this? What are your thoughts about that? Which allows an environment where we can go to him and be like, hey, 
I think that you 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 did this wrong, or I think we can do it better, and then we have a conversation about it, and it's great. I've worked places that are not like that, so I understand in the workplace of if somebody is wrong, not not even bringing it up at all, because there's so much at risk there for you potentially in your mind. But in a relationship, it's like we seem to do it a lot, or a lot of people do it. I did it for years. I literally did it for such a long time. And for me, I just really wanted people to know what I thought about things because I really wanted to explain everything. I really wanted to, I wanted validation. And below validation, what do people want? Especially men, they want respect. They want to be respected. And below that, it's kind of like, please love me. At least that's what it was for me. Like really, if you're really fucking honest with yourself, it's that's what it was for me. It's like, please love me, like what I say, say that I'm good, say that I'm smart, say that I'm wise, please do that. And then that will make me feel good. And maybe that will fix this feeling that I walk around with all the time that I'm not enough or that there's something wrong with me. Uh, even saying it, I can feel it in my body. I'm like, oh, that's quite sad. That is quite sad. But I've felt a lot of those emotions. I've kind of dealt with a lot of that. And I can look at it now and look back on it and be like, shit, that's what it was. And that's saying it's such an important thing to live by. It's more unif- it's, it's, sorry, it's more important to be unified than it is to be right. If you get one thing from this podcast, get that. If you are one of those people that feels I have to be right all the time and you're arguing with people, check yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> Think about why do I feel like I have to always be right? What's the feeling? What's the feeling that I get inside if I'm wrong? Being wrong is an event. It's a moment in time. It's not an identity and it's not a personality. But a lot of us forget that, don't we? A lot of us, if we're wrong, that there's something wrong with you. But it's funny because being wrong is kind of similar to making a mistake. And when a baby learns how to walk and it keeps falling over all the time, it's it's walking wrong, isn't it? But not for one second does a baby ever stop trying to walk and be like, well, I'm doing this wrong. I should probably stop. I've made all these mistakes, though. Therefore, I'm a mistake. Therefore, I'm wrong. Therefore, I'm a failure. But then we go out into the world and we cannot make mistakes. We cannot be wrong. And I think it's largely due to the education system that we all participate in for 12 to 13 years, K, kindergarten to grade 12, where you are based, you are judged on not your ability to understand things, but your ability to memorize, regurgitate, and then forget. We memorize information, we regurgitate it onto an essay or a test, and then we forget. So imagine you're in grade 10 and you're studying something and you've been studying it all year and you've flunked, you screwed it up, you just, you've failed the grade. But then at the end of the year, it all clicks. 
over the last one or two months, it really clicks and you start explaining it to your teacher. You're like, holy shit, this, this, and this, and you get it all. The crazy thing about that is, is even though you understood all the information and you learned all the information just in a different way than all the other kids, you'll be judged as you failed that grade and you have to repeat it. You have to repeat that subject. You are wrong. Even though you understood all the information, how not like life is that? If you get fired from a job or a relationship ends or something happens when you leave the schooling system that you spend 12, 13 years in, you're not a mistake. You're not wrong. You can just go get another job. You can just, if you get fired, you'll be like, oh, cool, whatever. I'll just go get another job. It's not like you have to go back and, and start all over again. And I think that that may also pay a, play a part in this whole mindset about being wrong. There's a lot of things that play into it. And I can only speak from my personal perspective of me being a recovering right addict and where it came from from me. But that is definitely a factor as well with this current schooling model where you get judged on your previous performance, not necessarily on your ability to comprehend and understand the information. And it's like that cartoon that maybe a lot of you guys have seen. It's a school teacher standing in front of a whiteboard in front of a goldfish in a little in a little jar, or a little thing that the goldfish sit in. There's a lion, there's a giraffe, there's a penguin. There's a bunch of different animals and they're all sitting there in the same classroom. And it says, if you judge a goldfish on its ability to climb a tree, it'll always think that there's something wrong with it. Just like if you judge a child or a human being on the ability to fill out a piece of paper test in front of them, when maybe that's not how they learn, they may grow up always thinking that there's something wrong with them. And that, that was me. I can, I can speak about that. I remember going to school. I remember going to grade nine or grade 10, and there's this guy, his name was Mr. Andrew Cole. And he was my society and environment teacher, which is kind of like geography in North America. And I was just disruptive all the time. And I was just kind of bored. And I think at the time my parents were going through a divorce. So I was just kind of, I kind of just disassociated with anything. I wasn't feeling anything. I was a 14, 15 year old kid. And I was just like, fuck it. Fuck you. Fuck everything. Fuck it. And I remember just lining up for the classroom one day. And he, before everybody went in, there was about 25 kids in his class. And it, before everybody went in, he brought out a desk. I'll never forget this. I'll never forget this. This is some of my childhood trauma I'm talking about. And I'll never forget this feeling because it's so burnt into my mind is he brought out this desk and he said, Aaron, I want you to sit here. And he put the desk in the hallway facing the wall and all the other kids went inside. And I sat there for a double period which was about an hour and a half, two hours. I didn't learn anything. I didn't do anything. I just sat staring at that wall, listening to him teach the rest of the class inside. And that feeling was for that little young man, and I'd love to give him a hug. I'd love to go back and give him a hug. I, I've already kind of, in, when I've done some of this stuff, and I need to do it more, is going down that hallway and putting my hand on his shoulder and be like, hey, man, get up, dude, let's go. Let's go outside and enjoy the sun. Fuck this guy. <laughs> Give him a hug. 
but that dude, that 13, 14 year old version of me at that time was like, there's something wrong with me. And maybe what that causes in somebody's life is the feeling of always having to be right and trying to avoid that painful feeling and avoid that stuff that happened when at that age. So as I got older, anytime I'd have a conversation or I was opinionated or an, an argument or a discussion or anything like that, I would have to be right. And I think it was to really avoid that feeling of that there's something wrong with me. And like I said, I can only speak from my perspective. I can only speak from my perspective, but if you are someone that always has to be right, that will damage relationships around you. The very thing that you are seeking, you will push away because of your fragile, hurt, little person that's inside you because you always have to be right. And if you're not right, there's something wrong with you. So I really invite you and encourage you to really think about that because it's more it's more important to be unified than to just be right. And it's so much better when you can just like, just think like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. This argument doesn't matter. What matters is that you and I are connected and you and I are in love and love each other. We care about each other. So why are we arguing about the pillowcase, for example? Why are we arguing about the dishes or whatever it may be? Or why are we arguing about this with your friend? Your friend said something and he was wrong and or they were wrong or she was wrong or whatever. It's more important to be unified than it is to be right. I've said it a bunch of times. I'll end the podcast with that. I love you guys. I hope this podcast helps and I'll talk to you next week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Mental Dietitian Podcast. If you found any value at all, please share this with a family member or a friend or just a guy or a gal walking down the street, just anybody at all, if you feel like it could help them and benefit them from the conversations that we're having. It would mean the world to me if you could also leave a review. It helps grow the show. It helps the algorithms. And I also do love connecting with my listeners, so please reach out to me on social media. The best way to get a hold of me is through Instagram. My Instagram handle is Aaron Lynch Potter, and that's spelled A-H-R-E-N-L-Y-N-C-H-P-O-T-T-E-R. Thank you so much once again.